A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the dead Poe Hitter. I'm coming at you today with a little solo pod. I'm going to blast through my draft and hold teams, DCs, 50s, and just go through um, some of the things that caught my eye between my starting lineup, my bench, my process during the draft, um, my percentages and finishes in the overall, and Overall in the league, what went right, what went wrong. Um, Just in general, basically a recap of what went right in my leagues, what went wrong, the things I did horribly wrong, which was plenty, and uh, things that went right, approaches that worked, and roster construction, faults, and such like that. I'm just going to go through kind of team by team and just give a brief breakdown and give some insight into the overall standings as well. Um, so I think the first thing I'll touch on is that for the 80th percentile that a lot of people use to draft, kind of to use as a gauge of, you know, the statistical marks that you should try to reach. The theory is that if you um, can get 80th percentile across the board in your league, you'll have a great chance of cashing at your league and give you a good shot at pursuing finishes in the overall as well so um you can do this um on your own i have a spreadsheet already set out with um some of the marks on it there's some published results already for main event and draft champions as well so um again it's um not something you necessarily need when you do these drafts um but it's just uh Good to look at to see how the environment has shifted. And that's one thing that I think it's extremely important to bring up is how the power has extremely dropped. You know, I think we kind of knew that already, but um, seeing it on the on a grid is really big. So um, I also like to set out the 90th percentile as well and see, because, you know, if you really want to win the overall those are the marks that you're going to have to reach. You're going to have to get into the 90 percentile in several categories. So just uh, just cool to look at and kind of get a gauge. So real quickly, um, I will just break down to you real quick. Um, in 2021, the 80th percentile for runs was 1,062 runs. This year was 971. So big drop there. Home runs went from 312 to 266. That is over, that's 46 home runs difference for the 80th percentile. 
RBIs went from 1,019 to 948. Stolen bases went from 119 to 125, so small uptick there. Might even be a little more this year. Um, average 262 to 255. And at-bats went from 7,163 to 7,225. So we can see the 80th percentile on at-bats went up. 60 at-bats and the home runs dropped. By 48 home runs. So extremely big difference. Um, a lot of it has to do with the ball, obviously, the balls, the humidors, the different offensive environment that we had to deal with. I also think that with the NLDH, while it led to being able to use a lot more guys, I think it kind of just spread out the impactful bats, per se, leading to more platoons. So maybe you had more ability to plug in guys to fill in your Friday to Sundays, but they weren't as impactful, um... As well as the ball leading to the offensive decline. So just be aware of that big difference um, in the offensive. If you want a quick quick insight into the 90th percentile. There wasn't as big of a difference in runs. Um, uh, sorry, I take, I take that back. There was bigger difference than runs from the 90th to 80th. Runs was 1,100 to 1,000. So 100 run difference. Uh, home runs went from 328 to 280, so again, about 48 home runs. RBIs, 1,005, 1,057 to 981. Stolen bases, 132 to 137. Average, 265 to 259. And at-bats, 7,321 to 7,363. So, <clears throat> the spread of at-bats went from 60 difference 60 at bat difference from last year to this year in the 80th percentile but 40 at bat difference when you do the 90th percentile um for pitching side we'll look at k's first last year the 80th percentile was 1370 this year was 1325 wins went from 87 last year to 89 this year so up two wins and they want to ban the wind. Come on. Um, save went from 67 to 63 in the 80th percentile. Um, so not down too much. Um, ERA 3.624 to 3.39. So a little big difference there. Whip 1.163 to 1.141. And innings pitched 80th percentile went down from 1,370 to 1,347. So down 23 innings pitched. When we move it over to the 90th percentile, K's was 1,425 to 1,379 wins from 92 to 95, save 78 to 73, ERA 3.48 to 3.272, whip 1.14 to 1.119, and an pitch 1,425 to 1,391. I will try to remember to post this on the thread. I'll take a snapshot so everyone can kind of see it. Um, if I forget to, though, and you and you want a copy, just DM me, and I will send you a copy of this. <clears throat> like I said, it's not necessarily something you have to use when you draft, because obviously 
if you're using projections to help you guide this next total, there's always going to be, you know, it's not a perfect approach. It's not, oh, I'm going to draft 280 homers and I got it because obviously we know we have to fill in with injuries and that's why it's important to have depth and so on and so on. But it is a good thing to look at to see what's changing, if anything, um, <clears throat> in the environment. Just going to give a quick breakdown now into the association, the, the correlation of at-bats to the 5x5 five five categories that we use and the correlation with overall hitting points in draft champions to the stat categories. Steve Weimer wrote a great article about this in the middle of last year on Baseball HQ that reviewed the last year's stats and how they correlated with... Um, overall hitting points and at-bats, and I'm probably guessing that he's going to do something similar this year. Uh, Steve's real um, real sharp when it comes to that and identifying what changes when at-bats go up, when innings pitch go up, and the correlation between those things. So I'm just going to give a quick breakdown. Um, the title of the article was called Value of Volume. So last year in the draft champions... Um, the correlation with at-bat to runs was 0.89, and this year it went down to 0.85. At-bats to home runs was 0.63 to 0.53 this year. At-bats to RBIs was 0.82 last year to 0.8 this year. Stolen bases was 0.43 last year to 0.33 this year. Average was 0.33 last year to 0.28 this year. Obviously... We kind of know that as at-bats go up, you know, the correlation to average is, is, is not as strong because you can obviously go in the other way um, in average. So we know that correlation isn't going to be super strong, but it, it did go down across the board in all the stats. Um, home runs was the biggest dip as well as stolen bases. So again, we could see a common trend in the power output between, um, you know, what's happening in the environment and the rosters um, that we put out there, you can see the difference, clear as day. Now we're gonna give you the overall hitting points that teams gathered during the draft champions and the correlation to those stats as well. So the correlation between hitting points and at-bats, last year was 0.8 and this year was 0.73. So as Steve was mentioning in his article, that value of the volume, you know, volume to death raises up that the ability to count up runs, homers, ribbies. We know that, right? But it's interesting here that the correlation between the hitting points and at-bats dropped. Meanwhile, the, the 80th percentile raised up in the plate appearances. So we have a lot of stuff going on here. Again, it's um, just good to kind of look at these numbers, gather them, try to um, use it to identify what's happening in these leagues. Um, runs, the correlation with hitting points to runs was 0.91 to 0.87 this year. Home runs was 0.8 to 0.73. RBIs 0.86 to 0.85. Stolen bases 0.52 to 0.48. An average was 0.59 to 0.55. Um, 
let's move it over to the percentiles for pitching categories. So let's go over real quick the correlation between innings pitched and the stat categories. So the correlation between innings pitched and Ks was 0.86 to 0.85, so not too much of a difference. Wins 0.78 to 0.76, and ERA and WHIP stayed the same as well. Um, nothing much changed there. Not too much of a drastic change as it is on offense. So it's like the pitching, the 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 quality of pitching kind of remains the same. But the quality of the hitting and the effects of the ball has dropped the hitting correlation down. Now we'll look at the correlation between pitching points and the stat categories. Um, correlation between pitching points and innings pitch remained the same at 0.5 to 0.5. Ks went from 0.7 to 0.65. Wins 0.69 to 0.68. ERA and whip the same. Saves 0.36 to 0.32. So um, not much has changed there either. So um, again, just something, and pretty much these were mirrored in the draft and hold 50s as well. Um, when I go over the my 50 leagues right before that, I will give the 90th and 80th percentile for those as well. Um, but just thought it was good to lead off with that and give you guys a little insight into what's going on there. So um, I'll just start off with saying real quick that draft champion season wasn't um, as great as I wanted it to be. Um, it is what it is. You know, sometimes you're just going to have uh, seasons where you have better fab leagues or better draft and hold leagues. Um, didn't do quite as well as in the draft and hold. I did better in the earlier draft and hold I did than in the later ones. Um, I was really prepared and ready to draft early in the season from November to January and January through February really was going through a bunch of stuff at home with my mom being ill and didn't really wasn't in it and I think when I got back into it I wasn't as ready as everybody else was and uh, caught a beating a little bit from that so um, still overall did 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 pretty well but um, obviously we aspire to be better across the board though. Um, I made a cool little chart with my overall team percentages and, uh, versus in the overall. So how well I did runs, homers, RBIs, stolen bases with each team and compared to the overall stats, um, kind of got this cool idea from Jeff Zimmerman article on Fangraph. You can check it out. Made a cool little chart. I kind of mirrored exactly the chart he made and kind of see in a quick snapshot where I did well in where I did poor in so at bats I remained pretty sharp across the board and gathering at bats um across all my draft champions team I overall had a team average of in the 90th percentile in at bats so had only one team under the 80th percentile 73 percent um Runs, I was in the 87th percentile average of all my teams. Um, again, 98, 85, 89 across teams, 86, 897, 100th percentile, but a couple of teams at 70 and 76, and one team at 46. Home runs was the weakest, uh, 43rd percentile average across all my draft champion teams. 
um, with only 236 home run average across the board. Um, not going to cut it. <laughs> That's definitely not going to cut it when you need 266 in the 80th percentile. So, had some teams where it was below the 20th percentile. And uh, so, obviously, I think a lot of people will have a switch to, you know, start drafting more power at the top this year. It's going to be interesting. RBIs uh, ended up with a 59th percentile average across my team. Stolen base, 68th percentile. Um, yeah, average, 48th percentile. It wasn't too great there either. It was either hit or miss. I had some teams that were either really good or very shitty. So, um, I think most of the shitty teams were where I was trying to volume with bad players. Just overall, when you have bad teams and you have bad depth throughout, it's uh, really not much you could do in a drafting hole. But plug in the guys that are going to play, even if it's <laughs> even if they're not going to produce. Great stats, even if you know it, you got to plug them in. So, um, pitching was not a great year in pitching as well. I don't think I did well in the middle pack of uh, gathering up SP4s, SP5s. Um, just very, very weak across the board there. Got to a little more of a change in approach into maybe the kind of pitchers or when I'm drafting. Those pitchers for strikeouts, I was an average of 70th percentile across all my teams. Um, had some teams at 86, 87, 83, um, but no teams under 50. Actually, one team at 40%, but just a lot of middling 76, 68 percentile teams for strikeouts. Uh, wins, 58 percentile average, not great either. Only one team above 80th percentile. Save 70th percentile. I think this is skewed by one team where I only had 16 saves, which was in the 8th percentile overall. But um, I'm going to take that away. I think I would have been above 80, 80th percentile. So, um, you know, again, you don't have to win every category, right? And you don't have to come in the top three in every single one, but to win a league, especially. But to get into the overall, you need to achieve that. Um, Pretty much a, a clear example is on my on on my best team that ended up being forty fifth overall. I just did not have uh, just lacking in 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 wins, wins and saves, and um, was in the ninetieth percentile on ERA, WHIP, average at bats, stolen base, RBIs, and runs. But just uh, needed a little more in the wins and save department. So. It's important to try to hit everything at balance across the board if you want to get into the overall. If you're trying to win a league, different story. But I think it's still important not to punt specific categories. But um, let's see, ERA and WHIP, I was really, really bad. I think this is definitely a direct correlation of not having good enough depth across the board and relying too much on pitching guys like Nick Pavetta every week. Um not having the option to plug him out for a better pitcher or some better matchups. So, um, yeah. So, let's hit up my first team. Draft champions. Uh, did pretty good in this league. Like I said, won the league. Um, 45th overall. Uh, but 
most important, I did just want to go through some process and see um, see what worked and what didn't work. And maybe this kind of exercise can help everyone. Not that you're going to listen to what I'm talking about and it, it would have a direct comparison on, on what you did. But maybe um, the kind of exercise that I'm doing in my head helped me to identify some things that I want to change. So uh, I think I'm just going to break down like for each team who I picked in the top 10, maybe hit or pitch a split, um, where I kind of went for closers. I think that's kind of the things that we might be interested in the most and um, specific strategies. Like if I kind of ganged up on a corner spot because I didn't take one early, I think, you know, I think we've run into those during the draft where we kind of see like our right, third base is weak. I got to get a, a good one early or if I miss and everyone else gets them early, maybe take more options later. I think a lot of my teams were like that, where it was filled with uh, Yandy Diaz and Josh Donaldson later on on multiple teams where trying to mash together some options later than getting a better one earlier. Um, all right, so see, first draft, uh, Bo Bichette, Don Marte, Aaron Nola, Goldschmidt, Realmuto, Jordan Romano, Alec Manoa, Schwarber, Mount Castle and Eduardo Rodriguez were the first 10 picks. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, yeah. But this draft was uh, last November. Again, one of those early drafts. You can't really, you know, you're either prepared or you're not prepared, but you dive right in and uh, sometimes you get great bargains, sometimes you don't. Um, did really good at catching with Real Muto and Danny Jansen. Uh, Let's see, I'm just looking at my, I'm going to just go through my active stats and my bench stats and just trying to identify anything that kind of maybe held my team down or like kind of look back at your team and say, wow, why did I start this guy for Cesar Hernandez for 316 at-bats in a 234 average with three stolen bases before he started this stolen base barrage. So a lot of empty stats there. Um, you know, you look at combination of, 450 at-bats of Michael Taylor and Jake Fraley in the starting lineup. Ten homers and four stolen bases. Maybe you want a little more out of that. This team was interesting. Had Rafael Ortega active for 117 at-bats. Two homers, 11 ribbies, two stolen bases, and a 162 average. But then I had him on the bench. He hit 286 with five homers and 10 stolen bases for 200 at-bats. So I don't know if this is the case of I'm just missing... Like mistiming when he was hot or looking at him being hot and plugging him in afterwards. You know, he has splits anyway. He doesn't, he didn't really start versus a lot of lefties. So I'm pretty sure I started him when he was, you know, playing versus the righties, but I don't know. It doesn't seem out to be that way. Elvis Andrews was a huge, huge pick late in the draft. I think for a lot of people, got him at 507 and 300 at-bats of 12 homers, 13 stolen bases, and 272 average, so pretty solid there, but again, this is uh, a team that did was a little better in ERA and whip than the rest of my teams, um, so I was able to get away with 180 innings of Nick Pavetta at a 4.5, um, but Tristan McKenzie was huge, Aaron Nola, uh, the right weeks of Michael Kopech, pretty big. Um, I also like to see, like, plugged in Brooks Raley for 36 innings. Uh, he had one save and a 
ERA, 41 strikeouts in the active weeks. But in the non-active weeks, I had him 17 innings pitched. He gets five saves. So uh, 50% less innings and four more saves. Could have used those saves. Again, just don't know. You know, you're trying to time when you need a middle reliever, some saves. You know, you plug these guys in when you can. Sometimes they're just going to get, you know, you have better options. So you move them to the side and then they get some saves on the bench. But really nothing you could do about that unless you play best ball, you know. So, all right. Let's see. Anything else to see here? Um, We're going to look at some. Bench stats to active stats overall. Let's see. Left 50 stolen bases on the bench, but I had 151 active, so that wouldn't have really mattered too much. Um, again, I left 17 saves on the bench. You never really know when you're going to get those, you know? It's really hard to gauge. Six saves if Alec Colomay, but a 5.74 ERA. Who knows if that would have helped or hurt. Um... But anyway, good to look at, to kind of see. Sometimes um, I think a common theme on my good teams was that I had a lot of bench at-bats as well. You know, when you have good depth um, throughout a whole team, uh, you know, you'll look at your bench stats and be just wondering why, you know, you left so much on the bench, but it has to do with that you had better options to start, you know. Um so, yeah, so let's move on. I actually want to give a quick breakdown, too, of uh, the overall winner of the draft champion. Just go over the percentile of his team finishes in each stat. And runs, he was 87th percentile, home runs, 92, ribbies, 80, stolen bases, 99, average, 81, Ks, 91, Wins 85.7, saves 92.5%, ERA 98%, whip 95%. So, as I was mentioning before, you you know, you you, you, you need to hit 80 percentile, and, and a lot of categories hit the 90. Um, let's see, the fourth place team had the lowest percentile finish. Out of them, that category is a 57 percentile on home runs, but he was 90 percent in one, two, three, six categories, so that raises you up. Guy in f- fifth place, let's see, his lowest percentile was she had two in the 60s, stolen bases 69, K 65, but a lot of 98 percentiles, 96 percentiles across the board. Um, let's see, saves, uh, 37 percentile for the guy who finished 7th overall in saves. So, he's 99 percentile in runs, also 69 percentile in stolen bases. So, you could see how you can have a bad category and still come really close and do really well. Obviously, you have to crush a lot of other categories, but the importance of that getting that balance to try to win and overall um so pretty easy to do if you have extracted the standings from um the nfbc you could just uh divide the team finish in the category points and divide it by the amount of teams in the draft champions which was 4815 this year 
So, yeah. Keeps going up. We're getting a lot more participants, and it's good to see. I think it's a great format. A lot of people use it to get ready for main events and other drafts. Pretty cool. Pretty fun. You can do slow drafts, fast drafts. All right, let's um, kind of look at some of my really bad teams just to give an eye out what went wrong, you know. Um, see, my second DC, Garrett Cole, Azzy Albee, Cedric Mullins, Byron Buxton, Edwin Diaz, Will Smith, before he lost his job, Dalton Vosho, Tyler Molly, Nate Neovaldi, and Josh Bell, top 10 picks. I uh, went for closers here a little bit in the middle. I think it was a common theme on some of my teams was... As I'm going to try to do this year, I don't think I do every team the same. You know, I'm going to go for some closers early. I really think it's important to get at least one. Last year, this year, same thing. Um, sometimes I got two, and sometimes I'll just wait and speculate. I know that rhymes. It was intended to rhyme. No, but, um, you know, it happened when I won the uh, the uh, draft champions overall. It's uh, landing Ryan Presley and Matt Barnes and you know, Rounds 26 and 27 was huge. Um, the overall winner this year had, in his last 10 picks, Ryan Housley, Joanne, jo- uh, Joan Duran, Jorge Lopez, Jose Leclerc. So you can get it late. You know, I think it's more security when you get it early. I think it's a better shot. Um, I think I talked about it on the last podcast with Ryan Roof. It's definitely a higher percentage that comes from the top. Obviously, there's opportunity cost that comes with that. Um, But, you know, maybe you can get one early and then speculate late. Try all different routes and see what, unless you have a strong point. You know, some people, if you're a closer specialist and you feel like you can nab those guys late, maybe that's your strong point and you continue to just speculate late. Um, But... I don't treat every draft the same. I don't say I'm going to get all closes early and then keep doing it. You know, you take the draft. You have to take what the draft's going to give to you, first of all. And you have to try different things. Um, so, yeah, so uh, this team, yeah, this team didn't do really great in any one particular category. Uh, let's see. Pretty much at-bats was good. Runs was good, but my average was in the 7th percentile, 238 average. Um, Wins, 21 percentile, only 70 wins. Um, And ERA was extremely bad, 4.036 and a 1.19 whip for 11th percentile and 48th percentile overall, respectively. Shitty catchers, this is what happened. I'm a real big get good catchers guy. And in this league, it did not happen at all. Nope. This was uh, a bad approach to catching. And Jan Gomes ends up as your as your guy. It's not a good approach. So, definitely messed up here. <laughs> um, you know, getting too many at-bats of Tomas Nito, Jan Gomes, and Kevin Ploiecki will not win you leagues. That is for sure. Um, a lot of pain on the corners too. Heimer Candelario, 255 at bats at a 176 average. Sometimes when you don't have the options, you have to roll these guys out, and it just really destroys your team. I've, obviously, Ozzy Albi didn't have a good year, didn't play. 
much. Um, Dalton Varsho, I mean, was a savior for my team. Uh, let's see, I got Nelson Cruz really late, you know, around around 15. Pick 217 seemed like a great pick for some power. Uh, 357 at-bats of six homers and 210 average, not going to cut it. Uh, again, I mentioned Will Smith didn't really have the closer job because they signed Iglesias, which I think, uh, I mean, they signed Kenley Jansen, which I think is something that a lot of people are not paying attention to, the tendency for um, the GM on Atlanta to bring in another reliever despite what they have. So I like Rossiel Iglesias, and I think as if the season got closer and he's still on, the only guy there to close, I would be more confident with it, but um, they always use some spare resources to bring in another guy, so just be aware of that if you're picking him early. The tendencies for Antopoulos to bring in another guy. He did it with Melanson, did it with Kenley Jansen, so see if he continues that, or if Iglesias is just going to be the guy, but you don't have to take that risk right now. You could pick other closers, but He's going at a spot where a lot of people like him, so can't fault it either. But anyway, and back to this team, disastrous 80 innings of Mike Miner's 6.5 ERA and Daniel Lynch, 60 innings of a 5.7. This is just, you know, you're rolling out guys to just, at this point in this league, I was just trying to gather Ks and wins and got the Ks but didn't get the wins. ERA and whip fell apart, so uh, yeah. Let's see, some bench stats I left. Left 100 at-bats of Wilmer Flores hitting seven homers. Let's see, Jay Cronenworth, 36 at-bats on the bench with four homers. 300 average. Great. I don't know how the hell that got left there, but... Yep. <clears throat> anyway. Move on to the next league. Uh, DC, number three. All right, so this league came in second. Pretty solid league. Weak. Weak, weak in power. Again, common theme. Um, ended up with 211 homers, 19th percentile. Uh, had a good amount of at-bats. Just uh, bad power. Let's see. Uh, see a little power would have helped. It. Bryce Harper, Luis Robert. Robbie Ray, Rysel Iglesias, Jose Barros, Cattell Marte, Romano, Verlander, Hoskins, and Lourdes Goriel with my first top 10 picks in this league. So, you can see in this league, I just went the uh, two closers, top 10 picks. Uh, Harper, you know, was good when he played. So was Robert when he played. Barrios drowned me. Didn't get enough power here throughout the draft. Too many Gene Segura's, Wong's. Oh, here we go. Jorge Soler. Good old Jorge Soler really tanking the team in, uh, for power. I mean, average reasons. Left 10 homers of Gavin Sheets on the bench. So, 200 at bat, 10 homers. That'll happen. Uh, Spencer Torgerson, this is funny. I have, um, let's see, started him for 259 at bats with four homers. And he was on the bench with four homers and 100 at bats. So. Probably when he came back. Who knows? 
Lourdes Goriel just rough year just give you a ton of average you know if that home run to fly ball is going to peak back up to uh, a territory that will help his power output did good with catchers Sean Murphy Danny Jansen uh, let's see Mike Miner again too many 27 innings of a 6-6 ERA got 47 innings of Drew Smiley at a 2.09 that's good but uh, just kept rolling Jose Barrios out there and that's just going to destroy you 147 innings of a 5.5 Tyler Anderson was a huge godsend to one point, uh, 2.14 ERA, 8 wins in the 113 innings that I got from him. So, yep. Anyway, DC4 was horrible. It was the worst team I had. Um, see, only 80th percentile in saves and innings pitched. Everything else was just extremely bad. Um... Let's see, uh, Tatis, Aaron Nola, Liam Hendricks, Diaz, so that's why the saves was good. Paul Goldschmidt, Ketel Marte, Jonathan India, Blake Snell, and then Miles Straw, Kybert Ruiz to round out the top 10. Diaz, Avisel Garcia, he was a dud. Jorge Soler, he was a dud. You know, that's the kind of thing. When you get 500 starting starting plate appearances... From Garcia and Soler, and you get 13 combined homers. It's just not what you're expecting. Um, oh, well, this team needed a lot more than them to perform, and um, but that did not help at all. Again, here's my Justin Turner, Yandy Diaz, Josh Donaldson combination. Not picking a third baseman too early, but then stacking them late. Uh, my pitching just was really bad on this team didn't accumulate much here a lot of bad innings between uh uh see who i picked too early stroman can't have marcus stroman as your sp3 it's just not gonna work i think he needs to be a good five six bailey ober didn't pitch much i counted on him on a lot of teams john means tyler mcgill yep injuries uh let's see then you got a lot of random things like, you know, starting Tyler Matzek for nine innings and he gets you a seven, a seven ERA. Probably the worst innings pitched he had all year is the week I started him. Um, Eli Morgan, 10 innings for a 10 ERA. Uh, oh, man. So funny when you look back at this stuff. You just never know. This is why it's important to just look back and sometimes just question why you started these these players on specific weeks. Um, yep, very interesting. Uh, let's see DC five. Um, this was this was one of my most weird teams. Felt like I had good options every week. It's just was never able to make any ground in this league. But this league was interesting because it had. Um, let's see, 10 teams above 80 points. So, tightly contested. It was constantly moving. And, um, you see, Team 5 at 85 points, Team 6 at 85, Team 7 83, Team 8 81, Team 9 80, Team 10 80. Um, a lot of points were, um, kind of stuck in the middle there. Um, yeah, did well in at bats. Did good in homers. Uh, pretty decent here. 
Actually, one of my better teams for home runs, 75 percentile. Uh, thing was here with saves. I had 16 saves. Um, and in the one percentile overall in ERA and whip. So let's see what went bad with really that. Um, Tatis, Machado, Teoscar, Galsman, Berrios, Charlie Morton, Edmund, LeMahieu, Cabrian Hayes, Luis Urias with the top 10 picks. Why did pitching go so bad? Let's see. 172 innings from Charlie Morton. 205 strikeouts, 4.3 RA, not too bad. 77 innings from Corbin, Patrick Corbin at a 6 ERA. Yeah, that'll drown you. Um, 165 innings of Jose Berrios in his 5.39 ERA. That'll drown you. Uh, 175 innings of Pavetta, not too bad, 4.4, better than the other two, 10 wins. Uh, 108 innings from Dylan Bundy in his 5 ERA and his 72 Ks. That's just another fucking dud. Again, this is, like I explained, I was just trying to be real honest, that I did not do a good job at attacking uh, the secondary pitchers, the SPs, threes, fours, fives, to round out the team. Um, missed too often with those pitchers. And I think I continuously, I think I got locked in too much on certain pitchers and had them on too many teams. Um, so... And that'll hurt you, for sure. Just trying to be brutally honest and get a peek into the process and, and just see what went wrong. You know, that's why I think it's really helpful to do this. Um, again, not like we have the same teams or uh, hearing what I did wrong on my team shouldn't help you directly, but just the process and maybe if you can identify anything that you were doing or mistakes. Um, on this team on offense, uh, Luis Urias is just one of those, one of the biggest disappointments. And I think this year too, he's got a really high ADP. I think just on mostly on like eligibility, multi eligibility reasons, uh, he just got platooned so much last year. You know, Colton Wong is a free agent. If they bring him back, it's, I think it's just gonna continue. Um, he was just when Jace Peterson came back, he was just splitting with him all the time, lefty righties. He does get into a lot of games when. The opposing team brings in a lefty, middle of the game, or a short, short stint from the starter. He comes in, but just very inconsistent playing time. And getting 250 at-bats with a 185 average is, 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 is not just kind of starts you. You're looking for Alec Thomas was a big dud when I started him. 300 at-bats of six homers and a 217 average. Expect a little more from that. And just didn't get really great catching. Uh, Mitch Garver got hurt. Danny Jansen was good when he played. Um, Austin Hedges and Reese McGuire to round it out. It's just, uh, you need better catchers than that. You need to get better production from your catchers for sure. Again, it's a strategy I like. I just like getting the catchers. Um, let's move to a DC 4 Honey, as my boy Matty Modique likes to say, the 4 Honey. Um... Terrible in this league. 69 points, 11th overall. Yeah, 11th overall in the league. Not going to do it. 400 a different beast. A lot of, I think it's just a uh, better level of play in there. Got to bring it in those leagues. This was the first league I did post um, 
me getting back into drafting season and it, it just it didn't work did not work um got some innings and i got at bats but 80th percentile on those overall but blah across the board below 50 percentile on home runs k's wins saves era and whip let's look at the draft zach wheeler ozzy albies tyler o'neill jtr will smith again frankie montas Giovanni Gallegos, Wilson Contreras, Reese Hoskins, and Gleyber Torres. Um, I don't know. Mix and mash. 217 home runs. Uh, I think I went wrong with a lot of the guys who I thought would just hit 15. 15 to 18. The, uh, I'll say Benintendi because he's the easy one to identify. Maybe a Manny Margot. Um, those kind of guys. The Michael Taylors. That I thought would just give you a little more home runs. And they I think they got influenced by the ball more than more than most. And um, so those kind of players who I thought would chip in more homers than they would. Kind of took a big hit for the teams that I had. Uh, but what are you going to do? You know? That's what we do when we, when we have to deal with the big ball difference and the humidor difference. Stuff that we can't really foresee per se. But, um, I don't know. Got uh, too many at-bats here from Miguel Sano. 52 at-bats with a .96 average. Yikes. Oh, man. Luis Diaz, 35 at-bats and a 1.14 average. Oh, boy. Sometimes you just got to plug these guys in, and it's just not pretty. Not, not pretty. Not enough power on this team. I don't know. Man, just took a lot of weak hitters, too, on top of the projected home runs going down. Nick Magical. Why do they take Nick Magical? Probably needed a middle infielder at some point in the draft and took him. Uh, Lou Trevino. Didn't work as a second closer. What happens when you, uh, you know, if you speculate wrong in the middle at pick 200 with a with the closer that doesn't work out it's just really it's really bad you have to hit that pick definitely have to hit that pick um let's see did I leave I left some stats on the bench left about 50 homers and 50 steals on the bench just a smattering though of a few from everyone but nobody was worth starting that's for sure uh, let's see, saves, left 16 saves on the bench, had 32 in the starting lineup, let's see, Will Smith 3 on the bench, Gallegos 3 on the bench, some of these are just, you know, ancillary saves that you can't really account for trying to start in your leagues, but, uh, left 64 innings of Martin Perez on the bench with a 2.39 ERA. Too much of Mike Miner, 67 innings of a 6.78. That's not going to work. Oh, boy. Taylor Hearn, Glenn Otto, too many innings of them too. Dylan Bundy again. Oh, boy. See, the next DC was a auction draft champions. It's a little different. So, um... That's a pretty cool league, though. It's uh, 
highly suggest anyone who wants to try that, if they like auctions, get into the Draft Champions auction. It's pretty cool. It's, um, you know, you get to auction off your starters and then, you know, you go into regular snake draft for the reserves. That's a lot different because any auctions you will come out with, everyone has to have two catchers. And normally, after round 23, you don't have 30 catchers off the board. You know, you may have 20, 21. So you have to adjust for that because when it comes back into the reserve round, it's very, it hits you differently. There's a different player pool available. But it's cool. It's really cool. I um, I really I'm probably going to do a couple of those again this year. It's fun, fun. It was a highly competitive league too. Um, a lot of great players in there and uh, it was fun. It was a the winner of the league actually only had 100 points. I came in fifth with, uh, sixth with 88, but it was 196, 93, 92, 92, 88, 88, 86, 80. Um, pretty tight. Pretty tight across the board with only 100 points winning the league. Uh, yeah, fun league. Everyone should try that out, but did, um... Let's move to let's move on. Let's move on. Let's see here. Let's go to uh DC9. DC9. See what we did here. All right. Trey Turner, Vlad, Bachet. Nope, that is It's not all my team. I'll tell you that. Uh That would have been something else, huh? Get that start. All right, Trey Turner, Zach Wheeler, Giolito, Diaz, Dylan Cease, Jorge Polanco, Ketel Marte, Wilson Contreras, Reese Hoskins, Cabrian Hayes. Rounds out the top 10 of this theme. Um, 99th percentile in at-bat. Fantastic. 97th percentile in runs. 83rd percentile in ribbies. 50th percentile in home runs, 33rd percentile in stolen bases, 4th percentile in whip, yuck, 36th percentile in wins. So, could have done a lot better in this league with just a couple of more different picks, but again, got the volume. Um, counting stat did not follow through, came in 6th, 90 points. Hmm. Let's see, let's see. Catchers did good. Wilson Contreras and Alejandro Kirk were about 900 plate appearances of, you know, 36 home runs. Can't really ask for much better than that from the catching position. Um, let's see. Reese Hoskins was solid. Uh, Cabrian Hayes, Josh Donaldson, it combined to give me some decent production from the corners in third. Again, Benintendi's in there. Great average, you know, help, but Cattell Marte as well. Just really inconsistent season. He's so frustrating to own these past couple of years. Nimmo was fantastic for me. Uh, Santander. Santander was my my most owned batter in draft champions. He definitely wasn't a problem. Jorge Polanco wasn't so great this year. Um, let's see what else we got here. 
Don't watch the pitching. Let's see. Again, 66 innings of Patrick Corbin, but a 5.5 ERA, a little better than the sevens on the other team. Giolito is just uh, tough having Giolito as an SP2 or 3. This year, he just really didn't hold that. Uh, Gregory Soto helped. Uh, see him and Diaz got me a 62 saves. That's pretty solid. Um, yeah, this team was just... Uh, Overall, I thought it could have been a lot better than what they produced. Left 17 Carlos Santana homers on the bench. You know, that'll happen. Uh, Luis Urias, another, another tough, tough team to have him on. But, yeah. I'm going to go over one more team here, and it's going to be the Battle of the Podcast League. Uh, this back-to-back years, I won this league, playing against my fellow independent podcasters of the world. Uh, feels good, back-to-back, um, but they're good in this league. Uh, and at-bats, home runs, runs, everything, weakest categories with innings pitched. Actually, 29th percentile overall in innings pitched, but ERA and whip was 90th, 97th percentile. Still did pretty good in K's with 83rd percentile. So let's take a look at who it, uh, the draft on that team. Hmm. Big bag of shit. That was my team name. Otani, Betts, Nola, Cease, Alonzo at pick 68. Man, that was a steal. Jonathan India, who is a common theme on a lot of my teams as well. I like to, I'm interested to know what everyone thinks about Jonathan India. If you have an opinion on... I know he went through a lot of injuries, and it definitely hurt his ability to, you know, get out on the field. And I think it's got to be tough to be in an environment that just wants to lose all the time. But I think I was looking at his vertical bat angle on swinggraphs.com. It's pretty cool. You get to get that insight on to see their, the path of their swings. And you could definitely see the injury affected his, his VBA, they call it, when he was hurt. But... Um, interesting because he's he's going in the one fifty ish area this year. I don't know whether to go back in or stuff. Uh, I could tell Marte round seven, Craig Kimball round eight, Brian Hayes round nine, Hoskins round ten. I think this team was one with uh, some some good hits later on. Bryce, uh, Jeremy Pena picked three ninety eight. That was huge. Yeah. You know, I'm not mentioning a lot of, like, late picks. Obviously, later picks are going to, you know, really help spur your team on in draft champions. As I mentioned, the last 10 picks of uh, the D.C. overall winner, you know, Jake McCarthy, Vinny P., along with Jorge Lopez and Ryan Presley and Yohan Duran. It's just, like, <laughs> if you get those picks in your last 10 picks, of, you know, definitely going to help you. So, um but yeah, the uh, quickly I'll go over the fifty, the fifty leagues, the fiftieth, um, the fifty leagues on the NFBC, which is a twelve-team draft and hold, similar to draft champions, um, but um, twelve teams instead of fifteen. Pretty cool. This uh, that format went from two thousand three hundred and thirty-two teams in twenty twenty-one to three thousand three hundred and ninety-six. So 
went up a thousand participants this year and I um, I anticipated going up more this year um, definitely helped me get ready for some of the OCs you know like the draft champions get ready for the main event or other 15 team leagues and the 50s did a good job of that and uh, pretty cool their overall component is um, first overall is the main event entry um, so let's see the 50th percentile for the 50s in 2021 for runs 1,105. This year, 1,016. So down 90. Home runs, 330 to 284. 46 home run difference. RBIs, 1,064 to 992. Stolen bases, 124 to 130. Average, 264 to 257. At bats, 7,314 to 7,418. So the 80th percentile went up 104 at bats. Home runs dropped 46. Big drop, big drop. Uh, Let's see. K's, 1419 to 1383. Wins, 89 to 93. Saves, 72 to 66. ERA, 3.5 to 3.3. Whip, 1.14 to 1.2. One two innings pitch one thousand three hundred and twenty eight to one thousand three hundred and eighty three. So, guys, a quick reminder. You know, obviously, with twelve team leagues, you're gonna have some better players in your starting lineup. Um, but similar trends to the draft champions. Um, pretty consistent with the uh, percentiles and how much they moved and. And in what category they moved in. So, interesting that the 80th percentile for saves and a DC is 63. An 80th percentile for saves and a 50 is only 66. So, with 12 teams, you figure maybe some teams, more teams have better closers, would raise that save total up. But it wasn't really that much of a difference. Maybe teams plug in some more starters. Because they have better starters as well. Um, But again. Something to look at. Um, My 50 leagues. I did pretty good in. Um, Played in four 50 leagues. One one. Came in second in one. Came in third in one. Came in fifth in another. Uh, Came in sixth overall. With one of my teams. Um. Here is an example of how you just missed the overall. Ready? 99th percentile in runs. 95th percentile in home runs. 97th percentile in runs. 99th percentile in stolen bases. 89th percentile in average. 99th percentile in strikeouts. 93th percentile in wins. 87 percentile in ERA, 90th percentile in whip, and you must be saying, how the hell did you not win? 13th percentile in saves. 13 percentile at 23 saves overall. 23 saves. Again, 13th percentile in saves, and I was still able to come in 6th overall. So, who knows? 15 more saves, 20 more saves. I had a shot at winning this thing. 
Um, and the people in front of me, the lowest percentile of any team in front of me in any one category was 58 in average for the second place winner. 65th in save for the guy in fourth, 51st percentile in whip for the guy in third. But I am by far the lowest percentile in any one category of anyone in the top 25. We have the fell on 26th, 16th percentile on average. But no one is even close to having a lower percentile in any one category than I did in <laughs> saves. Um, Man, it would have been would have been good. That would have that that could have been a free main event entry. Let's check out that draft real quick and see what the hell prevented me from getting any saves. I think I remember. This was just speculating. Okay, so this was a team I had a lot of fun with, and I decided to go really, really pitching heavy. Um, again, you know when you. If you want, if you have the ability to diversify, you try different builds, right? Because I think fantasy baseball, you're trying to use your strengths. You're trying to use the data points you're looking at and people in the room, your, your opponents, if you know, I don't know. You just really, you're trying your best to construct the best team. But sometimes, you know, you have to mix in that element of fun, right? You have to be able to remember that fantasy baseball is fun, and you want to have guys that you that you really like too. You want to root for players that you like, that you're into this year, that you think they're going to have great years. So this was the team I remember just saying, you know what? It's like almost not really full Dalton Del Don. I don't know if anyone knows, but Triple D from Yahoo Sports. He has this thing called the Yellow Brick Road where he, on the NFBC, the stickers are yellow when you do the draft board and he's known for taking about seven straight pitchers. Um, it was kind of rooted in that a little bit, but also I wanted to get pocket catchers. Um, I had two really good catchers because I, I think people have a misconception, misperception, whatever it is, that in the smaller the size of the league, that the lesser importance the catcher has. And it's actually the opposite because... Your opponent can have better catchers when it's a smaller league. The replacement level of the catcher becomes better. So it's more important to have a better catcher. I don't know if that makes any sense to people. But, you know, if you plug in projections into an SGP and you change it from 15 teams to 12 teams, the importance of the catcher rises. I think a lot of people think that it, the opposite way, but it's not. Um, so in 12 team leagues, specifically online championships and these 50 leagues, I like to grab, I'm really a fan of grabbing good catchers. Um, again, not on every team, like closers, whatever you, you want to try different things, you try different routes. Um, but in this team, I got JTR and Salvador, Sally P at round four and six, Aaron Judge in round five. My only Aaron Judge this year happened to be the team. I ended up sixth overall in my highest overall finish. That's not any, um, that's not a coincidence at all. But back to the bill, I thought it would be fun to go for some crazy strong starting pitching. So kind of the reason why I don't have good closers, but 
I felt like I would attack closes later on and get, again, um, attack it in numbers later on with speculation. But Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrand, Shane Bieber, Sal P, Aaron Judge, JTR, Tommy Edmond, Dylan Cease, Yu Darvish, Ryan Mountcastle was my top 10 picks. Really, probably my best top 10 picks uh, <laughs> out of any draft. But um, what didn't work was Dylan Floro in round 17 with Andrew Kittredge in round 22, Matt Barnes in round 25. Just didn't work in filling in saves. You know, that's uh, that'll get you. Um, again. Tried a different build. I wanted to dominate starting pitching and tried to speculate with saves. And with just a little more saves, I would have would have had a good shot at that overall. Um, but uh, the way it lands. So anyway, I hope that helped anybody. Um, and if it didn't, sorry. I wasted your time. But uh, I thought it would be cool to just lay out some of the percentiles and the correlations and so everyone can get a brief and uh, brief look into that. And, you know, uh, I know it wasn't a full breakdown of my teams, but again, just try to take a look if you can go back and see maybe where you went wrong, where you missed on power, where you missed on speed. Was it because of the player's projections or was it because of injuries? Was it because the pockets of players that you took in rounds 5 to 10 were, you know, it should have been power, but it was, you know, saves instead. Who knows? Whatever you feel like you can get from looking back, it's. I, I think it's good. I think it's a good practice to look back and um, kind of see if, if uh, you could have done anything differently, you know? And um, you got to look back a little bit before you go forward. So now it is time to go forward. Um, we're going gonna to be part of a... League first draft on Wednesday on Mr. Zach Waxman's podcast. It would be really fun. Got some awesome, awesome players competing in this draft. It's called the Gladiator Draft on the NFBC. It's a brand new format they're rolling out. It's only going to be 23 picks, 14 bats, 9 pitchers, no bench. And it's pretty. It's not best ball because there's no optimization. It's 5x5 five five roto. The players you draft are the stats you get. And that's it. So you don't have to set a lineup. You don't have to make fab. It's definitely interesting. Um, RT Sports had a format similar to this. But obviously I'm so glad the NFBC is bringing something like this into their his, you know, their um, overall arsenal. I think it's going to be really cool. It's a $50 league. It's going to have an overall component. And uh, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. So it's interesting to see what might get pushed up. Will it be catchers, relief pitchers? I think it will be both. Um you know, the kind of players that might get bumped out, you know, uh, I think the ADP is going to be a lot different than what we can see now is available. Um, may not want to take that many risks. There's a minimum 125 innings pitch. So, you know, you can go completely to try to get ratios. You have to understand too, like, because there might be less innings overall because you can't maximize that uh, the impact of your relief pitchers into that into your ratios are going to be a little greater. So guys like Class A might even rise up. Uh, it's really, really high. It's going to be interesting. Everyone has to have two catchers, you know. So again, like I was saying earlier, when you do that 23 rounds in a normal draft, 
you know, I, you know, those 30 catches usually aren't fulfilled, but in this league, it'll have to be. So it'll be fun. Um, look for that in the draft champion, draft champion podcast. Uh, Zach Waxman um, will have it. He'll probably, um, I don't know when he'll distribute it, but we are drafting Wednesday night, and that's going to be fun. And um, after that, I'm going to take a break from drafting. I already completed two um, draft champions. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a break from drafting. I really want to do some deep player dives and hope to do some podcasts where I rip, rip down some player reviews. Um, looking at, you know, p- player performance, player projections, heat maps, um, historicals, league average, stuff like that. And see if we can get anything from some, doing some player dives and... Uh, getting some, obviously some podcasts, I want to look, I want to do a podcast with looking back at ADP from last year, see where there was pockets of homers, where there were pockets of stolen bases and saves and such and such, and try to compare it to what's happening this year in ADP and, you know, all the normal stuff. We'll bring on, we'll bring on some really good players and get into their heads as much as we can about what their process is and what they saw from last year, what they expect this year. There's going to be a lot of Stuff. There's going to be a lot of speculating. The shifts, the stolen bases, the pitch clock, the effects of all that. Some of it will be speculating. Some of it will be guesses. Some people might have hard evidence of what might happen. Who knows? But it will be good to get to talk to everyone and uh, see see what the hell they think, you know? Um, yeah, Baseball Forecaster from Baseball HQ is going to be coming out soon. If anyone has not pre-ordered it they should they'll get a pdf real soon and they'll get the book thanksgiving it's a great read uh guys at baseball could do a great job not only with the player capsules where they kind of show what they expect from the players going forward and what happened in their recent history but they do some really good dives onto you know specific categories correlations between things um really good job they they, they put in a lot of work and be really good to show the support for their book, The Baseball Forecaster, which uh, along with the processes, the must-reads every offseason. So, um, yeah, hope this helped everyone and stay tuned for some more fresh episodes of the pod. Be well and don't be a bag of shit.